start the message this morning. I think it's what, about two minutes and ten seconds or so. waiting whether they know it or not it's a story they'll hear from shepherds it's an impossibly true encounter with God discovered in a stable and nothing will ever be the same we'll hear a cry from a teenage mother giving birth we'll listen to the consoling words of a father who himself needs consolation And we'll experience the birth of a child, the birth of this child, and nothing will ever be the same. The extravagant lengths to which our God will go to be born into this night, into this darkness, and into this dirt, and all to prove to us, even as we're running away from Him, just how wildly He loves us and pursues us. Nothing will ever be the same because nothing can ever be the same. So may the familiarity of this event never lull us to sleep. May we awaken this year to the new life being offered by this Prince of Peace. May our eyes be opened wide to see the gospel wrapped in flesh, this news that truly is the best news we could ever hope to receive. For we are the ones who are waiting whether we know it or not. We are the ones whose hearts long to hear and hear again the story the shepherds are telling. We have become the recipients of the wild pursuit of God. He is our hope. He is our peace. He is our joy. He is our love. And because of Jesus, because of this child and all that he'll become, nothing will ever be the same. Amen. Powerful, huh? Thank you, Krista. If you have a Bible this morning, turn to Isaiah chapter 9. I do have a shorter message today. Thank you for not shouting hallelujah. (laughs) Baby Jesus is in the manger surrounded by animals. All the animals say something nice they want to do for baby Jesus. The camel says, I will bear him gifts. The lamb says, I will warm him. The cow says, I will give him drink. The donkey says, I will carry him. The dove says, I will bless his baptism. The pig says, I'll let him fill me with demons and jump off a cliff. Wait, wait, what? Now you understand my sense of humor. (laughs) Now you'll pray more for your pastor. (laughs) Isaiah prophesied some very specific things about Jesus. And he did it 700 years before Jesus was born. You know, I'm 70. So 10 times my lifetime. It feels like I've been around a while. Ten times my lifetime is how long it was 
between when, when Jesus, when Isaiah prophesied about Jesus and when Jesus was born. Is there anybody here that's seven? Anybody here that's seven years old? Are you seven? Awesome. Does it feel like you've been alive for a while? Do you know that between the time that Isaiah prophesied about Jesus coming and Jesus' birth, it would be a hundred times how long you've lived so far. That's a long time, isn't it? Wow. Just think about that. But see, this is what Isaiah said about Jesus. This is just one of the things. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Thank you so much for being here today. I really needed someone that was seven years old. Thank you so much. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the, go- the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We, I think we sang that almost every Sunday. And, you know, it, it's a song that a friend of mine in Dayton, that used to live in Dayton, wrote. And I, I was telling Sarah earlier, the thing I love about that is whenever we put it up on, on YouTube, there's no copyright issues. Nobody says, well, you can't use this song. But this, this is what it continues to say. Of the increase of his government in peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You know, there was so much that we could say, there was so much jam-packed into those two verses of Scripture, but I just want to pull out a couple thoughts. The first one is, he shall be called the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace and the one who would usher us into the peace of God, the one who would release the ability to to live in God's peace into our lives. Jesus came to bring the peace of heaven into the earth. In your notes, he came to set up the government of heaven in in the earth and of the increase of his government and peace There will be no end. Hit that. When the angelic choir appeared to the the shepherds, they, they were watching over their flocks and they sang glory. It's already been mentioned today. Glory to God in the highest and on earth goodwill and peace on earth and on earth peace goodwill toward men. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. The Prince of Peace has come. The Kingdom of Peace has come. And a big part of that kingdom is peace. Paul said it this way in Romans 14, 17. He said, for the kingdom of God, it's not eating and drinking, although we we love to do that, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wherever the kingdom of God comes, wherever the will of God is done, righteousness and peace and joy are released. But what does this peace look like anyway? What is it? I want to look at two different aspects of it. It, it, How many remember when everybody said, well, peace, man? It's quite a bit more than that. 
It's not an absence of war. Uh, number one, we, ha- we can have peace with God. Romans 5.1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus made a way for us to be at peace with God, to be right with God. He ushered in a new covenant by, sh- by shedding his own blood, and in that covenant, we are made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, through faith in him and what he did. Now, it's the same Greek word throughout the New Testament that's translated peace, But there's another aspect I want to talk about today. Number two, peace is the way of living that Jesus introduced. John 14, this is Jesus speaking on the night of his arrest. You know, John chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 all happen on the same night. They all happen between the Last Supper and the arrest of Jesus. And so Jesus is saying very important things to his disciples just before he's about to be arrested. So in verse 25, he says this, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus gave us his peace to live from. It's a supernatural peace that affects everything. Not as the world gives. See, the world can give you peace, but only if everything's going perfect. The minute the storm hits, it's gone. But Jesus' peace is different. You can be in the midst of a storm and you can have his peace. Jesus was asleep in a boat one time and there was a storm happening and this must have been some kind of storm because the, the, the disciples that were with him were fishermen by trade. So they're used to being in boats, they're used to being in storms, but these guys are fearing for their lives. That's how bad of a storm it was. Jesus is asleep. They wake him up. What does he do? He released the peace that was inside of him into the circumstances around him. You can be at peace in the midst of a storm. And, and, and if you can do that, you can actually affect the environment around you. But this peace is a powerful thing. There may be troubling things going on around you, but that doesn't matter. You can have his peace. Don't let what's going on around you get inside of you. Let what's inside of you affect what's going on around you. You can have his peace. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. We know that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, peace. It's something that I can tap into because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. It's an internal peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. You can have his peace no matter what's going on around you. There may be a storm, but you can have his peace 
because it's intrinsic. It's internal. And it's greater than anything going on around you. Greater is he who is in you than anything going on around you. But the interesting thing about this peace is you have to protect it. You have to guard it. You have to let not your heart be troubled or afraid. Let me say it this way, in your notes. Peace is not the absence of something, it's the presence of someone. Peace is actually a person. It's the abiding presence of the Spirit of God in my life. Now see, to the world, peace is always an absence of something, an absence of war, an absence of conflict, an absence of noise, an absence of difficulty. But in the kingdom, you can be in the middle of any of those and have peace because peace is a person that you cultivate a relationship with, that you develop a relationship with. Do you know how you develop a relationship with somebody? You talk to them. You talk to them. You acknowledge them. You get to know them. You spend time with them. Peace is a person. Hallelujah. And as I walk in him, I can walk in a lifestyle of peace. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But to walk and stay in peace, I have to be willing to repent. Now, the, the word repent means to change the way I think. Now, peace is a huge part of God's kingdom. And for us as believers, Jesus left us his peace, but you and I must choose to walk in it. Let, let me, let me, let's just imagine, now it's two o'clock in the afternoon today, and I'm feeling anxious and full of stress, and I'm thinking, what happened? I, I have to ask myself the question, where did I leave my peace? Because I had it. It's my possession, so I have to figure out where I left it. This is the repent part. So I, I go through my day, and I, I say, oh, it was that interaction that I had with so-and-so at, at church. And it's not that it was necessarily a bad interaction, but my reaction to the information or to the situation was to become anxious. I embraced a lie. I embraced inferior information over the Word of God. It wasn't a conscious decision, but it happened nonetheless. So I have to, what I have to do is repent my way back to where I left my peace. Confess my sin. My sin was to let my heart be troubled. I need to repent, change my thinking, and not give place to that lie, to remind myself what God's word says and repent. That is, change the way I think and pick up my peace and just realize it belongs to me, that this is how I am supposed to live. This is how Jesus lived. This was the lifestyle of Jesus. It didn't matter what was going on around him. He wasn't affected by the circumstances around him. He was only affected by the Father within him, the Holy Spirit within him. Whenever I pick up something to carry that is not mine to carry, I will lose my peace. But the more I cultivate an awareness of his presence and I'm willing to embrace the truth in, in God's word, the more at peace I will live. 
Be, because it's, it's the presence of someone. Does this make sense? Could we stand together this morning? I'm going to invite the worship team to come. I told you, I have a short message today. What's that? The head? Oh, I missed it. You'll have to fill me in. <laughs> I, I want to close this service today with two responses to what we're talking about. If you're here today and you don't have peace with God because you haven't trusted in the Prince of Peace, you haven't surrendered your life to the one who laid down his life for you. You're not living in the way God intended you to live. I want to invite you to trust Jesus Christ today. I want to invite you to trust in what he did when he died on the cross for you. He died to pay the penalty for your sin so that you could be restored in relationship with the Father. Those of you that are watching from home, any of you here that are in the sanctuary this morning, if I'm describing you, would you just take a minute and, and pray this prayer with me this morning from your heart? Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I want to know you. I want to know your forgiveness. Jesus, come into my life. Be my savior and leader. I give you my life. All that I am. All that I will ever be. Show me your ways, Father. That I might glorify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Those of you that prayed that prayer from your heart, welcome to the family of God. God loves you. We love you. This is the first day of the rest of your life, and it's going to be amazing. Now, the second response today involves living in God's peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave you his peace so that you could live from it. But, but part of that is choosing to not let your heart be troubled or afraid, to give things to God, the things that you carry that you would normally worry about, to give those things to God through prayer, and in doing that, what will happen? Paul said, Paul said it this way, be anxious for nothing. Okay, how do you do that? But in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't be anxious about everything, anything. Give whatever you're carrying to God through prayer. And the next verse is so powerful. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you know the Prince of Peace, but you're not living in his peace, this next part is for you. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus. Prince of Peace, be my peace. I choose to not let my heart be troubled or afraid. I roll every care on you because you care for me. I will be anxious for nothing, but through prayer 
I give everything to you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard my heart and mind. Through Christ Jesus, I choose to walk in peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.
pray that the spirit of Christmas will not just fill you, but fill your time with your family, with your friends. As we celebrate the goodness of God, the love of God at the birth of his son. The benediction I'm going to give you is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. But before I give it to you, let me remind you that the, all the kids have a special gift in the elementary school room uh, that Mickey has for them. 2 Peter 1, 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. God bless you, saints. Enjoy the celebration of his coming with your family, with your friends during the next few days. Amen.